Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Hey, today we're concluding our What Did Jesus Do series. It's been a phenomenal series, and man, the amount of feedback that we've gotten has just been awesome, and people have come to Christ through this series, and so uh, if, you've, if you've missed any of these talks, uh, you can go on any of our social media platforms and you'll find them there. And so today, I, I want to look at one of the shortest prayers in, in, terms, of, in terms of words in the Bible uh, that perhaps is the most impactful. And the reason why I say that this prayer is uh, probably the most impactful prayer in the Bible is because it changed the course of all eternity for all mankind. And so today, I want to look at this prayer that Jesus prays to his heavenly Father before he goes to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in the most basic terms, this prayer begins, uh, it really begins with something that Jesus, know, Jesus knows God, the Father, is wanting him to do, but he doesn't really want to do it. Now, that might blow some of y'all's minds to think that there was something that the heavenly Father wanted uh, his son to do, and he didn't really want to do it. And for me, that, that's just kind of like, I can, I can relate to that. Can you not? It's like, there's been moments where I, like the, the Holy Spirit's nudging me. I'm like, I don't know if I really want to do that. And to hear that Jesus found himself in that spot is like, oh man, that's, that's like, yeah, the son of God even felt this way. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. And, and, you know, I hear the funniest stuff at, at, at time, at times, you know, there's, there's people that, uh, they, they, think, they think what they're saying is in the Bible and it's really not. And there's like these phrases that people will say that crack me up. Like, here's one. Uh, maybe you've heard someone say, well, if it happened, if, if it happened, then it must be God's will. And that's just not in scripture. Like, that's, that's, that's not true at all. Maybe, maybe you've heard this line before. Uh, God will never give you more than you can handle. Well, nope. Uh, it's not in the Bible. Now, I think what that person is usually trying to refer to is that it says, it says that he won't tempt you to a place uh, that you can't bear. But the idea that he's not going to every once in a while, if not more than once in a while, give you something that you can't handle. I'm telling you, it happens to me all the time. And that's why I need more of him, right? He doesn't expect you to, to, to you know, to white knuckle the thing, you know. But he's going to give us stuff from time to time that's going to require more faith and more trust in him, right? Here's another one. God won't ever ask you to do something you aren't comfort- comfortable with. And I'm sorry, that's, that's, that's actually the opposite. Should we go through them? Noah, Jonah, Esther, Abraham, Jesus, right? If you're claiming to be a follower of Christ, there's going to be some uncomfortable moments. And in fact, I think there's going to be more uncomfortable moments than comfortable moments. Because Jesus didn't call you, friend, to a life of comfort. He called you to a life of mission and assignment. And whenever you step out into the unknown of assignment, there's going to be opposition. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like the enemy doesn't want you doing that. Right? Maybe you've experienced that in your own walk with the Lord. And, you know, there's something that happens when the Lord speaks, though. You know what I mean? Like, you know it, and you step out, and you know that you have to keep moving forward no matter what happens. And, and, and I believe Jesus finds himself 
going through a version of this in his own process. And it's clear that the heavenly father has already begun to reveal Jesus's assignment to him. And in that moment, Jesus is overwhelmed. Why? Because he's not just fully God in that moment. He was fully human. And he isn't excited about going to the cross. And it's clear in this conversation, desperate conversation that he's having with his heavenly father. And we can look in Matthew 26, starting in verse 36. This is what the word says. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Now that sounds kind of uncomfortable, right? Like I'm upset here. Sometimes we don't like to, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's the wrong term. Sometimes it's just hard to wrap our minds around the fact that Jesus got scared. He dealt with anxiety. And when you dig even deeper into the details here, the Sweating drops of blood. I'm talking, man, you talk about being overwhelmed to the point of death. And I believe he allowed himself to feel that way so that maybe one of you in this room could relate to him. That's the type of love that Jesus has for every one of us. And so he's in this moment beyond devastated over the assignment that his father is calling him to. And he realized it and he knows that there's only one thing one thing that he can do, and the only thing that he can do is go directly to his father to process, right? Like, he's like, I don't know what else to do. I'm going to my heavenly father and I'm gonna process this assignment and maybe I can get out of it even. And there are a few elements to this processing type of prayer that we need to recognize and implement in our own prayers. And the first thing I want you to see about Jesus Jesus' prayer that he prayed is that Jesus is showing us the with. Jesus, in this prayer to his heavenly Father, he's showing us the with, our Savior. When going through the processing of this most important assignment of his life, he didn't go to his Father alone. He actually said, homies, y'all coming with me. <laughs> He called his disciples, his brothers, guys that had his back. Now, they would eventually all desert him, right? But he said, you know what? Even with knowing that, you're coming with me because the with matters. And I want you to see the power of prayer when you add somebody to yours. Matthew 18, starting in verse 19, says, Again, truly, I, I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree, meaning unified, if two, or, two, or, two, uh, if, if two of you on earth are unified about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. There is power in your unity, my brother. There is power in a unified, agreed on prayer because the reality is the enemy knows it. And what does he do? His number one tool is to sow seeds of division. 
And I want you to know the enemy, he hates, hates your church. He hates the pantry, let me tell you right now. He hates your family. He hates your kids. He, he, he hates any, anything connected to the work of God. And so what he does when something is God's work, I'm talking legitimate hand of God, move in a community, he goes after its own people and divides them. Because his thing is divide and conquer. And we spend more time on that than the work of God until we just eat each other alive. The enemy knows this. Jesus says, no, no, no. You got to do it with each other. He models it for us. You want the God of the universe fighting your battles? Then you need to link arms with your brothers and sisters and say in that moment that we are together. And when we do that, he says, I am with you. And, and not, not only does he say, I am with you, he says, I'm in agreement with you because you're unified, meaning I'm, gonna, I'm also going to fight your battles for you. I'll preach, man. Don't, don't misunderstand this term unity. Unity doesn't mean that we can't disagree on methodology or we, we can't have an argument here and there. What, what true unity means is that we're joined as a whole with the same ultimate purpose. And this is found all throughout Scripture. The Holy Spirit, you remember in the book of Acts, when they all, what, came together in one accord, in unity. The Holy Spirit hit that upper room and the early church was birthed. When James, ta James talks about praying for the sick, what does he do? He says, call the elders of the church and get some anointing oil, the oil representing the Holy Spirit. But really, he said, I want, I want the people to see the unified symbol of prayer when we come together. It's, I, I could go on and on and on and on. James 5 verse 16 says, therefore confess your sins, meaning talk about the things you're struggling with. Talk about, talk about the prayer requests, the needs with other people, right? Confess your stuff to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And we love we love to take that verse out of context because we only quote the last part. But that entire section of chapter five is dealing specifically with unity. And that's why we preach and live out small groups here at Church for All Nations because it's through small groups where prayer is, is, is most effective. It's through small groups where you're truly discipled, where you walk along with each other. It's so important. So Jesus is showing us that the with matters, but he's also showing us that the watching matters. Let's go back to the text, Matthew 26. Let's read 36 again. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Underline this, stay here and keep watch with me. 
Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken away from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Meaning, it's not about what I want. It's about what you want. And most of my life, I, I, would, I would read this passage of Scripture. And when Jesus says to his disciples, stick right here and keep watch, I thought they were like his bodyguards. You know what I mean? like protecting him from something. And really, that's, that's not what Jesus was talking about. In fact, this is a, a, a phrase, this, this, this watchfulness, watching, keep watch. You see it all throughout Scripture. And I'm reminded in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Being watchful and thankful. And first of all, what does that mean? But the real question, or really the statement I want to I make is, looking and, and, and watching are, are, are totally different. Um, a couple of years ago, I was with a buddy of mine, this old local, like PNW Northwest guy. You, talk, you know what I'm talking about? Had like the Filson gnarly, you know, like bucket hat. You know what I'm talking about. And just like, like the cool, you know what I'm saying? And kind of, just kind of, you know, crusty, you know? And, and we were down... <laughs> We were down, you know what I'm talking about, right? So, little, little salty, you know? Um, yeah, just, just in the woods a lot, you know? And just, just I don't want to go on a rabbit trail, but I'm a complete poser, all right? Like, I, I'm, I, I like the idea of being in the woods, and I'll go for, like, the afternoon, you know what I'm saying? But, but this guy kind of lives there, you know? And anyway, I just like to be around people like that because they're different, you know, and they inspire me. So, so this one... This one day, we were down kind of, uh, you know, chamber, the Chambers Bay area, and there's that bridge that goes over, and you can kind of stand on that big bridge, and you just kind of see all of Chambers Bay. Well, we were down there, and it was a summer day. And it, was go- it, was like, it was like picturesque. It was beautiful, right? And, you know, you got the mountains, you know, uh, Olympics right there, and then the Puget Sound. You can see Fox Island, and, like, the water was just like, you know what I'm talking about? And they're sitting there. And I was just like, wow, look at that. You know, just like, oh, just like beautiful. We're just standing there. And he was like, JF, he's like, you see what I see? I'm like, I sure do, man. God's handiwork. Look at it. I mean, this is phenomenal. Like he's like, he's like, no, that's not it. He goes, he goes, he goes, no, look a little closer. I'm like, I don't see any. He's like, He's like, look right there. Actually, watch this. And he said, right, he actually kind of did this with my head, you know, doing that whole thing. He's like, focus your eyes. And I was like, listen, all of a sudden, man, these little black porpoises were coming out of the water. I'm real, just real quick, right? Man, I grew up here my whole, I didn't know that we had black porpoises in the Puget Sound, like these dolphin things. I was like, what? In fact, we were over um, Fox Island Bridge the other day, and there was tons of them jumping up. And I, anyway, but I just, I don't know why I missed that when I was, you know, 14. But I was just like, whoa, that is awesome. And, 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 I, and I, all of a sudden in that moment, I was so locked in. I was watching this take place to the point where I was like doing the math on how much farther they'd be out. So I was like, oh, and it just came up. And I like literally for like the next 30 minutes, all of this was awesome but I was locked in on these silly little porpoises, right? Now that's a spiritual principle. Applied to our walk with Christ, that translates to this word called discernment, right? 
It's, it, you know, we've all prayed these prayers. Lord, let your kingdom come, right? And that's a good prayer. You should pray it every single day. Lord, right? You know, like, 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 like I, I want to do what you want. Do you know what I'm talking about? Those are all phenomenal prayers. But there's a deeper level. There, there's what we call a, a, a watchful prayer where you begin to pray prayers that are Holy Spirit, show me what you want me to be watching for, right? Like, like give me the prayer. Holy Spirit, it's called discernment. Let, allow me to lock in to what you specifically want for me in this specific season, in this one moment here. And when you begin to pray prayers like that, that's a whole nother level. Bishop Jakes, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we going, you know, I'm telling you. And, 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 and this is called discernment. And this is the type of, this is what Jesus was talking about when he said, watch, be watchful. He's saying, I'm going to the heavenly father right now. And, and he's speaking and, and, and homies, you can tap into this with me because we want to do what he wants, right? It's this, it's this watching, this watching. So scripture says in verse 40, Matthew chapter 26, then he returned to his disciples. And what were they doing? They're asleep, you know. He says to them, couldn't, couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, right? Once again, it's not like, couldn't you be my bodyguards for a little bit longer? You know what I mean? It was like, no, could, couldn't you pray and, and be locked into what the father was trying to say? But you didn't even see it. You, you were looking out there and it was right in front. You missed the whole thing, okay? Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? Of course, of course who asked that? Peter, you know? He says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So the with matters, the watching matters. And here, here's my last thought as, as our uh, phenomenal worship team comes back, and that is the walking matters. The walking matters. This is the one right here. If you missed the last two, you know, dial in on this one. The walking matters. You got to walk this thing out. Last week I talked about how, you know, sometimes it looks like the steak's done. I pull it off the grill and I cut into it and it's, it's not quite ready. So what do we do? We throw it back on the fire. This is a, this is a, that illustration works for this too. It's this walking it out. It's stepping out into the unknown. Whenever he speaks, when his word goes forth, whether it's through his written word or if you're, if you're locked in with that watchful eye using the discernment of the Holy Spirit speaking in real time. Isn't that cool? Like the Holy Spirit speaks in real. He does it sometimes to me at two o'clock in the morning. You know what I'm saying? That's mostly when he's talking, you know, because I got this weird sleeping deal and I'm up at all the time. And it's just like, I'm telling you, I don't know what it looks like for you. But if you're able to lock into that, he's going to say something and you're going to have to move. Step out of the boat, Peter. Go back to verse 42. We're going to wrap this up. He said, he went away a second time and prayed. My father, God, look, look, look how upset he is here. My father, if it's, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. And when he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. And so he left them and he went away once more and he prayed the third time saying the same thing. And I love the transformation that we see in the heart of Jesus at this point. Here's our Lord and Savior. He's fully God, yet fully human. 
And in the course of this prayer of just a, a couple of sentences, a couple of words here, he goes from dread and reluctance where he's saying, Lord, if you can't allow this cup to be taken from me to his next prayer where he says, if this is the only way, then let your will be done. Like even Jesus has this like human heart transformation where he crosses over, right? He steps across and it was go time. It was go time. But before that, there was drops of blood, right? Before that, he he ran back to his disciples just to see if maybe they heard something else. And he got there, they were all sleeping. Have you ever been there before? We're like, you, you, know what the, you know what God said to you. But then it's like, ah, I'm going to go see what my homies say. And you get over there and they're like, we got nothing. Maybe you probably should do it. Right? Okay, let me go back. And then, ah, I don't, guys, you, what, you're sleeping on me? Right? Sometimes that happens, right? And then something happens where through this process of being with, right? Being with that brother, with your homegirl, like with your crew, right? That really are for you, really behind you. And you begin to pray these prayers together, unify. Things begin to change and all of a sudden you lock into that spiritual discipline of discernment and you begin. See, I have friends that are better at this than I am. That's important, by the way, too. You need to get around people that just, just have been working this out longer in their lives and say, hey, you got something for it? I can't tell you how many times I've done that. Like, like hey, bro, like, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going through, but you got something for me? And they're like, yeah, let me call you in the morning. And then they read my mail to me. You know what I mean? What is that? That's, that's working the spiritual muscle out, man. You know? Some of us get it instant, instantaneously, and it's just like, oh, but most of us, man, it's like practicing Walking it out, messing up, getting back up, hearing what he's trying to say. But this walking it out, it matters, it matters, it matters. And so to wrap that last part of the text up, it says, so he left them and he went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. James 1.22 says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Must do what it says. Part of, part of coming to a gathering like this or tuning in online is just simply getting the word, right? Getting the assignment. Part of it is worshiping in other ways. But you see, once you get the word, whether it's from the written word or it's through this process of understanding the Holy Spirit's soft whisper in your life, it's time to take a step. And that's hard. That's hard. But if you got the right gang with you, right? got the right gang with you, I'll tell you what, can't be stopped. You step out. The with matters. I'm telling you. 
watching. You see, as you're, as you're going, you're, there's going to be roadblocks. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be people who you thought were, were, were walking alongside you. They're, they're going to start saying, I, I, th- I think you're going the wrong way. And they might fall, fall off or who, who knows. But when God said something to you, man, yesterday, we got to celebrate the life of a, of a giant in this community, Dr. Leo Brown. I'm talking a giant in this community. The stuff he did for God and his kingdom in Pierce County, if I could do like 1% of it, I'd be like, oh, I fulfilled my life. Do you know what I mean? Like this was a, like he was doing stuff. I'm telling you. And, and uh, his grandkids are like friends of mine. In fact, one of them attends this church. And uh, his grand, one of his granddaughters, we actually, I got, when we were in high school, I sang in her gospel band. Me in a gospel, can you believe that? I was invited. It was like, I didn't last long, right? But, but they were like, maybe this isn't for you, JF, but thanks for trying. You know what I mean? It was just like, and it was fun. I was just like, yeah, you know. But we were laughing. We were laughing yesterday talking about, talking about that. But we did something really cool in the morning. The, the, the funeral was in the uh, afternoon. In the morning, we went to Truvine Church off of Pearl there. And hey, we're all into symbols, right? What they wanted to do was they wanted to walk their congregation. And not just their congregation, all, all kinds of friends, man. Tons of people. And we walked from Truvine Church all the way up close to Raymond Hall, where on the same property, there's a, there's a, a ministry organization there called, called the Progress House. And the Progress House was, was, was founded by Bishop, right? And what it is continues today. It's a very important organization in our community. It's, it's people that are transitioning from the, the uh, prison back into society. And how, how many of you know that's, that's, a, that's a big life change. In fact, I was walking with one of, one of my brothers who attends this church who did a handful of years in prison. So for him, it was really meaningful to, to, to be able to be a part of that. And as we walked, I, do you guys remember yesterday morning, by the way? It was just like sideways wind and rain. And I remember Pastor Jordan was with me and we got to the church. It was like eight o'clock in the morning, something like that. And it was, and I'm like, I'm like, I didn't say anything, but I was kind of, and everyone was kind of still in their cars. It was like, maybe we'll just drive up there. You know what I mean? Like, and all of a sudden people just started getting out of their car. People had signs. <laughs> like, and it, it was like, here we go. And so we, it was like three mile walk. And we, and we walked all the way down Pearl, all the way up the side to Raymond Hall. And then and we got to the Progress House. And in front of the Progress House, they had a full like gospel band set up. And I mean, they were cooking, man. They had a talk box. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, it was, I'm telling you, me and Jordan, like, you know, like the whole time, like, like used up our, all of our storage on our phone, just videotaping that stuff. It was so cool. And then the best part was listening to different community leaders. The mayor was there. She got up and said some beautiful words. But then her, uh, his uh, grandsons, who are pastors in this community, civic leaders, one's a, a track coach at Lincoln High School, who's a good friend of mine. Anyway, they got up there and just started like, like honoring their grandfather. 
back to this walking it out thing. And I'll never forget what he said about his grandfather. He was like, we did that walk today. And I'm actually glad it was, the weather was this bad. Because I want you to know that this wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my grandfather, Bishop Brown, putting one foot in front of the other. Just walking it out. Every step of the way, opposition. Every stop of the way, people saying, you can't lead this. In fact, that's what they said to him. They said, we love the idea. He took it to the city. He said, we love the idea, but you ain't going to run it. He said, oh, yes, I am. I'm going to be the president. Oh, you, you, you can't do that. We got somebody else lined up. I am the guy. Yeah. Right? It's so much of doing Jesus's work is this right here. So much of it is this. But when you've heard him speak, when you've got the marching orders, it is up to you to step out, to walk it out. When you've got the word, you can't look back. You can't bail. You can't quit. You can't listen to the haters. Some of your team's going to fall off. That's okay. You keep marching forward because he's called you. He's called you. And I thank God for Dr. Brown the thousands upon thousands of lives that are changed because the man just said, no, we're going for it, right? That's for every one of us in this room. You don't, you don't have to hold a microphone to do what he's called you to do. I'm telling you, man. Come on across the side of Torian, bow your head. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Talk about the ultimate walk it out. Jesus going to the cross like that. Wow. Maybe you're here today and that, that, that with component resonated with you. And you say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I, I'm not with God right now. I'm not with him. But I know that I need him. And according to the word, apparently he wants to be with me. I feel rotten, I feel broken, I'm addicted, I'm ashamed, I'm bitter, I'm full of hate, full of pride, I'm, I'm, I'm full of lust, I'm full of all of these things that I, makes me feel dirty. Hey, join the team, man. Join the team. We're all, we're all human. We're all human, but, we, but Jesus loves you so much, loved me so much that he's willing to give it all for you. It's a free gift of salvation today. That if you receive him into your life, God forbid you walked out on 112th and was hit by a Mack truck, you would, I believe you'd wake up, according to the word, in the, in the arms of Jesus. Like the, it's like we're here and then we're with him right there. And, and, and what's required? That's, I believe in who he, you are, Jesus. But that's, that's like, people get hung up on that. But man, that's, that's just half of it. The other part of salvation is beginning to understand who you really are created to be and what, what he sees in you, what he calls you daughter, what he calls you son. And you begin to understand why you're here on earth. I can't tell you how many people I counsel, how many people who uh, don't understand this walking with Jesus thing and, and, and their big hang up is, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, what, what, what's the point? And we begin to unpack these spiritual components and 
seeds are planted. Maybe, maybe the seed was planted in you today, friend. And all you have to do is just say yes and allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life to save you and then to lead you and guide you and provide you with peace. Man, in some of my anxiety-filled moments, man, I want you to know I battle fear too. Uncertainty, right? In those moments, man, if I can just kind of ground myself and say, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. I can't explain it. He just shows up. That's for every last one of you today. That's you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to be with, I want to be with God. Across this room, one, two, three, pop your hand and just say, yeah, that's me. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Real high, let me see, yeah, thanks. Anybody else here in the auditorium? If you're watching online, this is for you too. Slip your hand up in your man cave before the Super Bowl if you want to. Come on, come on, wherever you're at. Thank, I see it, yeah, thank you. Lord, I just pray right now for every friend watching online here in this auditorium, those that raise their hands to say yes to you, those that, for whatever reason, they, they want it, but they didn't raise their hand. It's not, it's not even about raising hands, it's about the heart. So Lord God, I pray right now that you would show yourself to my friends who want to be with you. Friend, just say a prayer like this. Lord, come into my life. I believe in you. Forgive me of my mistakes. Begin the healing process in my life. In Jesus' name. And one more prayer. God, I just pray for every person in this auditorium. Pray for everybody watching online right now. They're fighting the walking part for whatever reason. Fear takes over. Opposition. Uncertainty. Uh, uh, um, thinking maybe you got it wrong. You didn't hear from all of the stuff the enemy likes to do. God, I pray right now for every friend that is in the middle of an assignment and the battle's raging. I pray that they would continue to move forward in what you called them to do. Give them peace right now. Not peace that I can provide, only your type of peace. Your strength, Holy Spirit. Rest in Jesus' name as they continue to walk out what you've spoken to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.